Welcome to the Real Estate Survival Guide, the show that teaches realtors how to create a thriving real estate business. Welcome to today's episode of the Real Estate Survival Guide podcast. I'm your host, John Shookman, and I am so thankful to have you with me for today's episode. A huge thank you to Jennifer Harshman and Harshman Services for sponsoring today's podcast episode. I'm so thankful for the team at Harshman Services for being a part of helping my business and for sponsoring the podcast. Let's jump into today's episode. Welcome to today's episode of the Real Estate Survival Guide. So honored to have you guys with me today and honored to have our guest today. So our guest today is Connor Steinbrook. Connor is absolutely crushing it in the real estate business. So he is the founder of the Wolfpack. So we've had Jeremy Kane on the show, who's part of the membership as well. Noah Ward, Alexis was on the show. And so Connor started it all, right? Mike Sherrard's part of it now. Connor, everything you've, you know, these amazing agents, part of the Wolfpack um, with EXP, um, really, it started with what Connor built. And so thank you, Jeremy Kane, for the connection. I am so excited to jump in with Connor and hear his story. So he is the founder of the Wolfpack organization. They have 2,200 plus agents. And he is also the founder of the Investor Army and Investor YouTube channel. He has over 40,000 subscribers. So Connor, the stuff you're doing is incredible. Thanks so much for joining us. Welcome to the Real Estate Survival Guide. Yeah, man. Thanks for the good words. as a great intro. And uh, let's see what we can do to get some value out to your audience. But uh, yeah, thanks for having me on here. And uh, let's get into it. Absolutely. So I gave a brief intro, but I know you've been in real estate for about a decade, not always licensed as a realtor. But can you just kind of, you know, touch on your journey, like the past 10 years? When did you get licensed? How long have you been investing? Just all the things on your real estate journey. Tell us about it. I'm going to go really quick for you guys and just because you guys come back and watch this later. But um, yeah, so I have a really kind of unique path to where we got to, to where we are right now, at least uh, the organization that we have. So I started out in online poker. I know that sounds weird, but I lived in Dallas, Texas, and I went to the University of Oklahoma and I was getting a business marketing degree. And at the time, uh, similar to kind of how EXP is, where it's technology introduced into a brick and mortar business mall, that's kind of what happened with online poker, which was traditionally you'd play at a casino, very slow, very uh, time intensive to deal the cards. You know, you have actually moving the chips around. You can maybe play 200 hands, 250 hands in like an eight hour day. So what happened was when I was in college, the online poker boom happened, which is technology came in. And now the speed and acceleration of how you could play the hands and deal, deal the cards out. You could play about 20 times as many hands per hour, but you could also play multiple tables. So I was playing 16 to 20 tables at a time and a lot of hand volume. And before I knew it at a college dorm, I put $20 of poker, so I ran it into small fortune and my hobby became my profession. And for about eight years, I was one of the top online poker players. And I learned a hard lesson, which is you never want to have one income stream because on April 15, 2011, if you guys look on the internet, it was called Black Friday. And it was a government regulation issue where I'm not still sure exactly all the details, but these websites were on offshore islands and they're registered by like an Alderney Gaming Commission or something weird. Anyways, the government wasn't regulating the way they wanted. Something was going on. And overnight, they got shut down. And I woke up the next day and had no way of creating an income. Neither did any of my friends. I lost my entire identity. All my friends did. And everything disappeared. It'd be like if we all woke up tomorrow and had to turn our real estate licenses in. And it was just gone. The real estate industry. Yeah. And it was a very bad time for me, as you can imagine. And I made some bad decisions as I was emotionally not in the right mindset. I should never go on the blackjack table. should never play craps because I gambled off pretty much most of what I had. Mm-hmm. And we're not talking about a small amount of money. We're talking about six types of numbers. And... um I basically, now in my mid-20s, had to tuck tail and move back home with my parents because I didn't know what else I was going to do. I was college educated. I did finish and get a degree, 
but I didn't really have in, there weren't a lot of jobs coming around at this time. This is after coming just out of this uh, 08, 2011 kind of crash window. And so I kind of struggled for years and tried to wait for online poker to come back. And I played live poker for years and I go up to the casinos here in Dallas. And basically I realized after a year or so, this wasn't going to work long-term. And my skill sets came from aggressive hand volume playing lots of hands, not sitting patient at a table in person. So if you guys play poker, you get what I'm saying. And that's when I needed a different path in life. And so I started looking at different ways of creating a better life for myself. I started looking at other people's lifestyles. I started looking at family members and friends, what they did for careers and insurance space, real estate spaces. And a lot of the people are playing high stakes poker with at the casinos were in real estate in some form. They own rental properties, apartment complexes, storage units, something like that. And so what I saw was the people that had the lifestyle that I wanted most had a residual income stream and they had equity ownership in real estate. So they had the time to sit there and play poker all day and also the money to lose. But that's what made me initially start looking into real estate. And then I stumbled on the internet uh, across self-development. And that's when I came across Thinking Grow Rich, Napoleon Hill, um, all these thought leaders like Earl Nightingale, Bob Proctor, Les Brown, Zig Ziglar, Jim Rome. And I went down like an aggressive path of self-development. And this is what made me believe I could do whatever I wanted to essentially in life. And it got out over ambitious, which can happen if you start on self-development. And I jumped into real estate space because what I wanted to do was build residual income because I'd read Rich Dad, Poor Dad. And so that's kind of what led me into investing. And what happened was it did not go well. I went from, to one of those big ripoff guru companies and put up like 35 grand on a, for a stage selling guru. And it was a trash course. And they kind of took advantage of me, just to be honest. And I made a bunch of mistakes, found a few criminals in my marketplace. And before I knew it, I was $100,000 in debt, living at home after losing my career and like literally terrified. And this was a very dark moment for me uh, to the point of actually almost suicide, just to give you guys, just to mm. be vulnerable with you, because I know a lot of people right now are not doing well. And I like to tell my story and be more vulnerable now, because at that moment, when I was in the darkness, look at where I'm out, came out of it to come to now. So if you guys are struggling in that deep darkness right now, your best days are brighter ahead of you. Just battle through it. Okay. Now, what happened was I ran out of money and I was trying to figure out how to generate leads. And this is when kind of the big game changer happened for me, which was I was watching YouTube videos because I ran out of money to pay for education. So I was trying to educate myself for free and I was building out WordPress websites. I was teaching myself SEO. Google had just acquired YouTube. So I was taking private YouTube channels and linking them to my websites. So I was 100 grand debt, ran out of money. And overnight, these websites started moving up the ranking board. They started going up page three, page two, page one. When they got to page one, the deals started coming in, the leads started coming in. Mm -hmm. And I cracked the code to internet marketing through YouTube and building websites. And I started generating a lot of leads. And so I went from broke living at home to closing a bunch of transactions that first year and uh, was able to start out in what's called wholesaling houses. So I was wholesaling first, then I built up a little bit of money and I started flipping houses next. I was able to control property. And then I got back to financeable and I started buying rental properties. I was doing this traditionally with you know normal financing sources, but also getting homeowners to directly owner finance the property to me. And so I went from building a rental portfolio to owner financing, doing a lot of note creation, selling notes, creating notes. Then that's when I started doing land deals, mobile home deals on land. And so I did a lot in single family space and I started my investor army channel, my YouTube channel along the way. After I started to make some money and become successful, I wanted to teach others to do the same thing. And that's when I started that channel and that channel kind of took off. Uh, it became the biggest channel in Texas for residential real estate investing. And when that channel took off, that's when people started reaching out to me about eXp Realty. Now, I wasn't licensed at the time. And so, as you can imagine, it didn't go well for them because I would blow them off. <laughs> and I had no reason to you know, listen to them, right? Mm -hmm. But I, just like a lot of real estate investors, go back and forth. We all go back and forth. Should we get a license or should we not? And then we always get to the point where like, I need to get it. And then 
time catches up and we get busy. And then it's like, okay, I let, I forget about it. And then a lead comes into office. They want like 700 K for 700 K house. And then you're like, I should get my license again, but now you're a window of time away from getting it. So I've been going back and forth for years to get my license. And then what happened was um, a lot of people for two or three years were blowing me up that EXP. And I just kind of not really listened to them, listened here and there for a little bit. And I never really took a deep look at it. And I kind of blew the opportunity off. Unfortunately, I wish I paid closer attention. Then I was speaking at an event in Mississippi. And this is kind of what happened where I got trapped into a house for three or four days with a couple other speakers at the event. And one of the event speakers was the number one guy at EXP. So I stayed in a small house with him for a few days. That's when I couldn't escape. And he showed me he's building a six-figure month residual income in just a few years with no debt, no tenants, no toilets, no termites, no back management system. And I said, <laughs> it was literally like the scene from Wolf of Wall Street. It's like, you proved to me making 72K a month. I quit my job. I work for you. I was like, if you prove to me that in just a couple of years without taking on debt, you scale the six-figure net monthly residual income with your real estate license, I'm going to stop what I'm doing. I'm actually going to go get my license and I'm going to build this with you across the country. And I told him I'm going to build a team of a thousand agents in the next three years. And it took me 40 months. So I was four months off, but that's what happened is I got my license and I came over and I started pushing hard on EXP through social media, through YouTube. I started sponsoring events here in Dallas and building you know, doing lots of little things here locally. And then it kind of took off. We went from our first year, we got to about 150 agents. Second year, over double to 300. Third year, over 600. Last year, we added over a thousand agents. And this year, we're already up to between 2,200 and 2,300 agents and growing by a little over hundred agents a month. So that's kind of my my path on how I got here. And uh, so I know it's kind of a non-traditional journey, poker to real estate to yeah. team building, but uh, <laughs> that's kind of how it happened. So I love the journey. It's definitely different, but I love it. Okay. So you lose all this money in poker, you move home. I'm sure that was super humbling and you, you know, battling all this stuff mentally, you know, and then you kind of invest, you know, with, and lost 30,000 with someone that kind of steered you the wrong way. What, what made you kind of keep going and trust people because you kind of had been screwed multiple different ways by multiple different people. Was there any part of you that was like, Oh, forget it. Like what made you kind of keep on keeping on, I guess. That's a good question. Um, yeah, unfortunately the world we live in, just so you know, this, most people are not honest and most people are not ethical. And I was thinking, yeah. I was actually telling someone this the other day, over 50% of the partners that I've had throughout my career have stolen from me in some some way or another. Hmm. And these are people that I've done good by, whether they've stolen information from me, whether they've stole, you know, course, whatever it is, dollars, uh, leads, relationships, whatever it is, right? So in life, guys, just know that everybody's not perfect. And when people live their life, they're going to make decisions that you have no control over the decisions that they make. And so all you have is control over the decision that you have to react to the decisions other people make. And I just realized a long time ago that I have X amount of thoughts that I can have throughout the day, X amount of energy throughout the day, and that we live in a positive and negative spectrum, right? So if I have a, let's just use a random number, like a thousand finite thoughts a day, mm-hmm. the more of those thousand thoughts that go to income producing activities, reinforcement of my self-esteem, thoughts positive towards myself or towards my relationships or towards my business, anything that's going on the positive side is moving my life forward. And anything that's going down the negative side is going to take me down and move me away from my goals. And so I, I, I had the awareness about me to admit to myself, you're going to run across shady people throughout life and throughout business. And so instead of waiting for something to happen and getting emotionally involved in it and overreacting, causing more problems, once it happens, I go ahead and pay the price at the beginning of the year. And I I know that I'm going to have X amount of deals fall out. I know that I'm going to have X amount of contractors steal from me. I know that I'm going to have X amount of agents leave the team. I know that I'm going to have X amount of negative breaks, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. So I've already written them off as a sunk cost at the beginning of the year in my mind. So when it happens lifetime, seven months later, it doesn't emotionally impact me the way it would somebody else 
who it surprised them, if that makes sense. So I kind of look at things as a sunk cost for the negative side of the world. But the other thing is you just have to understand that in the midst of a lot of the bad ones, there are good people and you have to sift through the bad ones to find the right ones. Now it can be brutal to go through some bad experiences to find the right ones first. Just think about those of you who dated multiple people, then you found your wife or your husband and it worked out. And some of you guys are probably in the opposite situation, right? You may need to go through a couple more to find the right one, but um, you have to have people to build something big. You can't do this on your own and you need to learn how to get better at identifying these types of people. They do give out signals. They do give out tells. And after you've had a couple of frauds or you know unethical people that you've worked with and you have a better idea of uh, not only spotting them, but also handling and controlling them and also protecting yourself that when, if they do do something like that, you kind of have them caught. So I kind of create a file for everybody once I realize that they're going that direction and we start tracking everything, tracking numbers, tracking screenshots, and they don't know it. But if they ever get sideways, they're in a bad spot. So I yeah. learned how to protect myself. And then also learned how to forgive <clears throat> because if you live in a world that we do with most things are negative, media is negative, you know, bad breaks happen. If you attach your identity to that and assume it's always going to be that, that way, what's going to happen is you're not going to take action in anything. You're not going to try to build a business. You're not going to try to build a long-term relationship with someone because your belief is that it's going to turn out bad anyways. So yeah. I shouldn't start in the first place. That is so good. I love what you just said about, um, well, being willing to forgive, I think, is a big one, right? Because you could just be bitter and protecting yourself, right? Like tracking the things. And it's so funny. You know, my wife and I have been looking at investing, right? And so you hear all the horror stories, right? And I I had a, a great friend. Her name's Christina. She lives in the area. She's a realtor and an investor. And she was on the podcast. And I, I even said to her, I said, so what do you do about the bad deals, the deals that go bad? And she's like, look, being a landlord is great if you get the right tenants. If it was all negative, no one would do it. And so I think that's a great point here that like, yeah, bad things happen. But if it was all bad, you wouldn't be doing the stuff that you're doing. There's there's sure. still good things. And you have to I love I mean, I love what you said, assuming at the beginning of the year, these things are going to go bad because then it's almost like you don't get disappointed when it's happened. I mean, you're probably disappointed, but it's less of a like heartbreak because you expect bad things to happen. And then it's like another thing is like, I just learned, I've been talking, I help a lot of people recently. I've been talking about this, which is you want to set your goals for not results, but for activity. And so like, if you're setting yeah. a goal for results, you're setting it based off of, okay, like that's a loss if your partner steals from you, right? Obviously it's a net loss to your income. First, let me give you an understanding of why we change how we feel in our body and how emotions and thoughts kind of dictate our actions. So the first thing is you have a thought first that you're going to have in your conscious mind. And then you're going to have an emotion attached to it through your physical body. And that's going to change your attitude. So how this works is let's say that I reach out to John and I'm like, hey, guess what, man? A bad news, your mother is in a car wreck and she's no longer here. What do you think is going to happen to him? He's going to hear the thought. He's going to emotionally involve in it, himself in it, whether it's yeah. real or not. But if he believes it's real, right? He's going to emotionally involve himself in it. His body, his physical reaction is actually going to be crying physically heaving and breaking down, right? Now, if I call him back and say, guess what? Your mother's actually fine. He's going to be crying now, but in the opposite for tears of joy because he's happy she's alive. But the point is our brains are very powerful. No matter what's actually happening around us, what we tell ourselves is happening, we emotionally involve ourselves in. So think about that. Now, let's say I emotionally involve myself in something like that, where someone, like I thought a partner stole from me, but they didn't, I misplaced something. 
Now my thoughts incorrect, but my emotions in my body, that's going to change the attitude. Now I'm frustrated. Now I'm sad because I thought my mom died. Now someone comes up and I scream at them or I go home and I'm, my attitude's wrong. And this is when you run people off around you and cause problems to people around you. So your thought process is very important to understand. Now, the second thing is I want you to think about how you build self-esteem. This is very important to understand business guys when it comes to handling problems or dealing with shady people. So self-esteem is the root of everything in business, because if you don't believe in yourself, you won't take action. You won't put any energy into anything because you think, what's the point? I'm going to lose money anyways. My partner's going to screw me anyways. And this is how you're going to have to kind of get around this. So I look at things on three different steps, which is we have the thought first, then we take the action, and then we have the reflective thought after the action. So let's say two different case studies here on showing you how this can work. Let's say you're trying to, to get in better physical condition and you're working out and you go to a party and there's carrots over here and water, and then there's cakes and sodas. The thought first is don't eat the cake. You've been working out for two months. You've already been doing good and you don't want to mess up now. And what do you do? The action is you eat the cake and everything else around it. What's the reflective thought after this? Why did you do this? You, you, you don't have control. You did this to yourself again. Why do you have no control? You're not disciplined. So the negative re reflective thought is going to erode away your self-esteem. Whereas on the other side is you pick up the cake, you look at it and you say, actually, you know what? I care about my goals. I care about my family. I want to be around for my children in the future. You put the cake down. Now the reflective thought after you took the action is you're a man of discipline. You're a man of principle. You're in condition to hit your habits and hit your goals with your habits. The action that we take is related to a want versus need. And if we know we need to do something to get to our goal, but we do the want instead, meaning eat the cake instead of not eat the cake, what happens is we start eroding our respect away for ourselves and destroying our self-esteem. So this is very important to understand because this is your self-esteem creates your attitude and your attitude creates everything around you. So that's important to understand that the thoughts that we believe are going to change the way that we feel and the way that we feel changes our attitude and our attitude changes everything around us. So if we believe that people are going to steal from us, and if we believe that people are going to be bad, it doesn't matter if they are or not, we are cutting off our opportunity to work with people in the future. If we yeah. believe that, you know, like a company is going to wrong us or something. So the most important thing is accurate thinking. And you need to make sure that your thoughts are right, because if you're following yourself in a thought that's not right, the reaction to it is not going to be what you want. I kind of went off on tangent there. What was the original thing we were going over? And I'll tie it back to it. No, but, uh, you're you're good. I, I think that's really good because we were kind of talking about like how you can get down with like negative right. people. But I love how you're saying you kind of spin it in a positive way. Almost. It's kind of like the phrase. What do they say? Um, hope for the best. Expect the worst. So if you're expecting that bad things are going to happen, then you're not like, oh, my gosh, my life is over because this person did me dirty or this or this rental unit went bad. You kind of expect right. that. So really good. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, it's also the way that you change the thoughts in the lifetime of things happening. So you choose your thoughts, which is the most important thing to understand. So for example, I was just driving, so I have a weird hobby. I'm in Texas. So if you guys are in a different state, we're rednecks down here. So I like to go bass fishing and <laughs> it's a weird hobby of mine. And I was going through a light the other day uh, to the lake and it was just ridiculous how long the light was and all the cars are going and I'm already stressed out. And you guys know if you're a busy person in business, Time management, when we're getting delayed, was it do? naturally increases stress. And I should have been able to get through this light, but they were going slow. And I was the car that stopped before the light. And naturally, your frustration starts picking up. And this is where emotional control and emotional awareness is crucial in your life and in your business. Because I felt my emotions rising. And what did I have? 
a moment of awareness to stop them. Most people yeah. feel their emotions rising, but they don't stop. And I wanted to get all upset and be like, geez, what's, you know, of course I get stuck at the slide and start that negative self-talk. Only me, only this would happen to me. I should have been through here. Now I'm going to be whatever, right? Instead, what I do in these spots is that when I feel the awareness of that happening, I shift the positive thought or shift to the to a different thought that creates a positive outcome for me. So what I said in that spot was, I said, now because of this light, I'm going to be delayed and I'm going to show up to the lake at a different time. And when I catch the giant or when I catch what I'm going after for my goal tonight, the linear events would not have lined up unless I had the delay to get stuck at this light. So I showed up the lake minutes later, which made me cast where I'm casting minutes later. And so I'm playing games with my mind to stay out of the negative traps that causes burnout, frustration, depression, anxiety, yeah. and controlling my thoughts by telling my brain what I want to believe and shifting the perspective of situations to a positive perspective. And if you can get in the habit of doing this, this is why you're going to let things roll off your back. And when bad things happen in business that put people in depression for weeks and they pull the covers of their head and don't get out of bed, you bounce right back up immediately. And so bounce back time, which is the amount of time that you take to get back up from a bad blow or adversity in business has a massive direct relationship to your income at the end of the year in business. So let's say a deal fell out and you took a day or two to get over it, or an HVAC went out and you took a couple of days to get over it. What about the person that got over it as it happened lifetime? They're just like, it is what it is. You're wasting all that time. Yeah. You plan to poor me. And that poor me attitude does not attract other people around you. They want to avoid you, if that makes sense. So fast yeah. you get up after adversity and bounce back quickly. Also, you're going to attract better people into your life because nobody wants to deal with a negative person all the time, if that makes sense. No, totally does. And it's so true, right? And real estate as realtors, there there are so many things every day that can happen that you can be like, oh, well, that that sucks and, and be upset about it. Or you just be like, nope, this is just part of a real estate deal. A house isn't going to appraise. An inspection issue is going to come up. So I think a lot of it, success for realtors is not, oh, did bad things happen? It's like, okay, how do you respond, right? So with a client and then the house didn't appraise, are you going to think outside the box? Like, figure out a way to still get the deal to the settlement table. I think that stuff really is important. It's incredibly important because in business, what you'll notice is most people assume that they have to be perfect, meaning bad things should not happen to them. And that's just absolutely not possible, right? So understanding that bad things are going to happen to you and having maturity to handle them with dignity and honor as they do happen to you, you're going to see your income go dramatically higher. But in business, it's kind of like, well, people just don't really think about it. But if you talk to, let's say like a a USC fighter, and you said, hey, guess what? Do you think you're going to make it to the USC title fight without getting punched in the face or getting kicked in the kicked in the head at least once or choked out once? Course, They're going to yeah. be like, no, that's impossible. So in yeah. business, guys, it's impossible. The reason why the entrepreneurship journey pays you so well at the end of it is because you have the ability to fight through the adversity on the way up. And so if you have the adversity being given to you at that moment of time, and you're complaining about it, what you're telling the world or God, whatever your belief system is, is I can't handle the small tasks you put in front of me right now. Mm. So why should I be given something bigger as far as a bigger responsibility if I can't handle the small responsibility? So like if you're a parent, why would you give your kids something bigger, like, you know, something more important to take care of? They can't even clean their room, right? Yep. So I look at things as problems are opportunities for me to show the world or the marketplace or my belief system. I'm a Christian God that I deserve to have the next layer of promotion or next level of promotion, because I'm going to handle this one with dignity and honor. So like, for example, I see agents with three people on their team and they're always whining and complaining that their agents aren't doing what they want. Well, if you can't handle three, don't ask for 10. If you can't handle 10, don't ask for a hundred. If you can't handle a hundred, don't yeah. ask for a thousand. And so I believe that it's our opportunity to figure out the learning experience and the problems that we have. And I believe that problems come up because they're trying to teach us a lesson because if we had already known the lesson 
ahead of time that we're being taught in this moment, we wouldn't have gotten ourselves into that problem, if that makes sense. So by being in that problem, we're having an opportunity to find out something else that we don't have about ourselves or learn something about ourselves that later in the future will identify that type of problem and avoid it. But at this moment, we all have to pay our sacrifice. We all have to pay our dues. The only way how you know to not get choked out is to get choked out in a few spots, right? If that makes sense. So next time you feel that angle coming or that pressure from that angle, you roll out of it and avoid it. So you have to pay your dues. Everybody has to go through X amount of suffering and you know battle blows when they're in business. So the way that you handle it is going to dictate how fast you show up to the success or your goals being hit in the future. I love that. And I love how you say problems are the way to say to God that like you're kind of ready for more as a, as a father, right? I've got two young kids, <laughs> one's three, one's one and a half. I kind of say, I try to teach my son now, right? Like when you, oh, and of course in business, you don't obey someone, but like the principle, like I say to my son, like, well, when we obey, we get special privileges. When we disobey privileges go away or we get disciplined or whatever it is, or we have a timeout. And I think in the same way, there's a great, I'm a, I'm a follower of Jesus and I, I love there's a great Bible verse that really talks about like faithful in the small things, you get trusted with the bigger things. And I think whether you're a person of faith or not, like it's just so true. How can you expect to be trusted? Even I think about finances and like growing my real estate business. How can I be trusted with a hundred thousand, two hundred, three hundred, however much a year if I'm not faithful with 30,000, 40,000, 50,000? And so I think for realtors out there, it's so important. Be faithful with what you've been blessed with, whether that's person of faith in God, whether that's the unit, whatever it is, be faithful with it. Connor, I love like have a good attitude, even when you hit that red light, like, oh, now I'm going to go catch the fit. Like maybe you're, you miss a light and you're going to the store and then you're there and there's someone that's like, oh, you're a realtor. I'd love to talk. Like you don't know the opportunities. You know, my wife and I have even been like, oh, we missed a car crash by a minute by being at that light or something like that. So, and, and, and everything does come down to a second. So like when you think about Every big thing that ever happened to you or big breaks, like a lot of times it came down to a minute or a second when you cross paths with that person, where if you had been stuck at a light, you wouldn't have had that opportunity. You wouldn't have met them later. So the good things you want to look back at and look at the linear chain of events that kind of led there. So it's like, you know, you're talking about your kids, you know, like he's not going to go like say a son can, I don't know how much they're lifting now, probably probably not that much. They can only lift hundred pounds on bench press. You're not going to put 300 pounds on the bench press. Why? Because you're going to crush your kid. You're going to kill your kid. Mm-hmm. So why would the world, and if you are a person of faith, so you, I'm not telling people what to believe. I'm just telling you how I believe, mm-hmm. but I believe my father's looking down at me. He's not going to give me something I can't lift because it's going to crush me. So what do we do to get there? We yeah. push against, rep- uh, push against resistance for a long time horizon And we do a lot of repetitions over time because anything we do through repetition that has resistance that we push against and it's over a period of time creates results and creates growth, whether it's your physical body, your self-development, your business, whatever it is. And so whether you believe it's God or not, you should understand that your skill sets or your strength level to handle the situation you're in right now is not capable of lifting the weight that you need to lift, which would be the next level of success in business for you. So you better get in the gym, but in the business gym, if that makes sense. And then it's just like for little things that happen throughout the day, guys, if you're letting little things emotionally shift you out of the right mindset, you need to work on your, your, your correct thinking and your, how to control your emotions and have the right emotional awareness. Because for example, like if you like, think about how many people like get road rage, like someone cuts Mm -hmm. them off and flicks them off. I've seen people like flying down the road, chasing other people. If you think that you need to chase someone or you think it's, if it upsets you that a stranger drove by you and flicked you off or got up on your bumper it's not a problem with them. It's a problem with you. And I really want you to understand this, that you yeah. should not be affected. You should not emotionally fall off your normal emotional pattern and spectrum that easily because a stranger frustrated you for a little bit. 
Now, that's just one example. There are hundreds of examples throughout the day. And if you can't handle these tiny little things, someone cutting in front of you in line, or you dropping something on the floor or something you have to clean up, and these little things cause frustration for you and cause you to be angry, you're going to be living a very miserable life. So you're going to have to start figuring out how to get past it and get over it. And that's something that we all have to kind of work on through our life. But the ones that I see that can figure out how to kind of get past these little tiny, not just tiny ones, but all the big problems, any type of problem, small to big, the ones that they can understand how to think about these correctly to not emotionally involve themselves in it. They go on to be very successful in life and have all their goals hit in the ones that want to act out of revenge and never let things go and want to get back at people. And, you know, they're still frustrated at someone stole 20 bucks from three years ago. They are the ones that struggle in life and they never get to next level because their minds constantly occupied on problems of the past and things that they're not willing to let go. And so they can't see opportunities coming in the future. Well, and I think about it too, you know, actually our teams like Andy, our team leader's wife, she posted something on Facebook once that basically said like, if there's something you don't like about your kids, you probably need to look at yourself, but it's the same way with anything. If, oh, if you don't like how that real estate deal went, you probably need to look at you and what you did and how you responded to that client. <laughs> it's always our fault. So what, so Earl Nightingale has a famous saying that's something to the notion that every single one of us in life is self-created, but only the ones of us that are successful will actually admit it. And what that means is that where you are right now, the bank account that you have, the family that you have, the business that you have is a sequential order of events of thoughts and actions that you've had up for your entire life that led you to this moment. And if you change the thoughts and change your actions at any moment through your life, you would not be in the same destination that you're in right now. And the saying is that only the successful ones of us will admit it, meaning that, yeah, it's easy to admit that if you have the bank account, the family, the lifestyle, yeah, I did the right things. But people that don't do the right things, they don't want to believe it's them and they're doing the wrong thing. So for example, when my online poker career went away, In the beginning of that process, before I went through self-development, the reason why it took me too long to get out of it was of external blame. I blame God. I blame government. I blame the poker sites. I blame my mom. I blame my dad. I blame any person. I blame you. I blame the audience. I blame the bird. I blame anything external from me. Mm -hmm. I blamed because I was already under enough pressure. I was already feeling enough stress. I already hated my life. I already hated myself. The last thing I want to do is put more pressure on myself. But here's the most important thing you guys need to understand. If you are constantly looking for things around you and people around you and other things around you to blame, you will never get out of your situation because fixing your situation comes internally, not externally. And so when you blame things around you, you give up your control to change because if it's your friend or your parents or your girlfriend or your company or your broker, or your sponsor, or your president, if it's what's around you has to change for your life to change, don't wait for very long, if that makes sense. Yeah. You change first and everything changes around you. And also one of the things is like a lot of people are like, everybody's always causing me problems and fighting with me and give me an attitude. Well, if you recorded yourself, you probably gave them a face first or you gave them an attitude first. A lot of times we're causing things for ourselves. So, you know, it's you if you're having fights with like more than like three or four people right now. So if you're having problems with like numerous people, (laughs) think about the common denominator, the common variable. Yeah. But it is, it's self-responsibility first, because when you take blame on everything. And so what happened for me is, and we'll, we'll get past the point here, but. I blamed all that. And I would say it's the poker site's fault. They shut me down. It's the government site. But uh, what I did was as I went through self-development and understood to control my future, change my future, I have to take control today mm-hmm. and blame myself. What I did was I said, instead of being the online poker site's fault, it was my fault because I made enough money that if I had invested into real estate or done something with that money, instead of partied and had fun like a kid in college would do, I would have never worked again at 25. I would have been financially free forever. So I started shifting from blaming everything's to changing the narrative to where it was my fault 
which let me get over it and let me move past and start a new life. But if as long as you're tied to the past that you just constantly saying is taking your future, you'll never have a new future. So there's two things that people need to get away, get away from in the past. The first one is the big win. The second one is the big loss. So they're both equally detrimental. So big loss, obviously, is easy because if you had a bad something happen in the past, a girlfriend cheated on you, it's going to make you more likely to not get in a relationship because of that bad experience. But the big one is the big win. And this is what people don't talk about. Think about like Married with Children and Al Bundy and some of these people like, I scored four touchdowns in high school. Because if you're living in a past victory, you've admitted to yourself that that's the peak of my life and I'm living in that and you're miserable going forward if you've given up on ever having that be the highlight of a future. So when you're constantly seeing people in their 40s, 50s, 60s wearing their college jerseys and things like this, yeah. they're living <laughs> in the past of their best days of their life. And if you stay in that past and that loop, you're never going to break it. And you're never going to try to have the best days of your life in your future. But if you commit to yourself that that was a great period of my life, but my best days and my most successful days are coming in the future, you'll forget about that and you'll set goals and you'll attack moving forward to have a better life that surpassed the best windows yeah. of your old life. No, that's, that's really good, dude. And, and I think the mindset piece that I'm hearing is like, kind of, kind of like mind blowing, but I know my listeners are going to like, be like, Oh, this is why I'm struggling. So how the heck does Connor go from suicidal, not wanting to be alive to mm -hmm. basically now having 22 agents <laughs> and growing a hundred a month. <laughs> yeah. Like, following what you're doing and, and you know every day now you know you and mike get to teach these agents like like how did this happen and did you ever see this becoming like the reality i mean i didn't see like this specifically like building a big team like this but what i did see was the end game so i knew where i wanted to go i knew what i wanted to have as far as a financial future and i knew what i wanted in my life and i knew where i was at so in anywhere in life to go to where you want to go to, you need a starting point and ending point, just like a destination, like a GPS. So the ending point would be the goals that you put on paper. And then starting point is where you're at right now. And the destination, you could get lost along the way. You can make turns. Sometimes you get a faster route that turns up. And so what you need to do is take the information and skill sets you have available at the moment and do the best you can and take action and put all day, every day in. So when people ask me, how do you become successful? It is very simple. You pick a goal that you know can get you to where you're getting to, meaning an industry or something that has a big upside long-term and you show up today and you work all day towards that goal. And then you go to sleep and you do it again the next day and do that every day until you hit your goals. And if you do that, you will be successful at whatever you do. And along the way, the aggressive self-development side of it. So whatever you want to do, you need to find people that do it. So if you want to be a baseball player, find professional baseball players to be around. If you want to be a golfer, find golfers. If you want to be a high-level real estate entrepreneur, find someone like us that, you know, find a high-level real estate entrepreneur mm -hmm to be in proximity with. And the problem is that most people take previous life experiences from friends and family members, the adults that they came up with, their parents or grandparents and their aunts and uncles on how they take their biasness. That that's how they have their, it's what's called confirmation bias towards how the world is going forward. And so if you had nobody in your family above you and around you, that was high performance, that was an elite of the elite of whatever they did, an Olympian, a world-class athlete, a top business entrepreneur, you know, somebody that achieved something, you believe that it may not be possible for you. But if you grew up in a family where you had someone that was elite next to you, the re reality of it is, hey, that's just John and I can do it just like, you know, right? Mm -hmm. So it's a little, a little bit different. So one thing was, you know, to, to have an understanding of kind of just where I was going and what I wanted it in the end game. And along the way, I was going to focus on my activity goals, meaning just showing up every day. My goal is to work 16 hours a day, not to get a listing, not to attract an agent, not to 
we're kind of talking about activity results oriented goals. Mm-hmm. I'm going to set my goals to do an activity. So my goal is to go to the gym five days this week for an hour. If I do that, I won. Whereas most people set their goals for results. Like my goal is to talk to or add five agents to my team this week. And if they talk to five agents and then join, that's a loss. Whereas the activity goal is if you talk to five agents and your goal is to talk to five agents, you won. So to go back to the reflective thought process mm-hmm. after it, same outcome. We talked to five agents, none joined, five agents, none joined. But because of one is based off a results-oriented goal, meaning they said yes or no, they said, no, I feel like I'm losing. My self-reflective thoughts beating my self-esteem down, hurting my mindset. Whereas over here, I hit my goal because my goal was to talk to five agents, not to get a result. It was to have the activity goal. And so the more that you focus on activity goals, you remove your emotional stress from the performance results goals, and you're going to go faster. But what did it for me was the first one was this self-realization and awareness that I did not want to be where I was at in life. And I had to admit to myself, I did it to myself. That was the very first thing. The second thing is I started looking to get progress in some area of my life. I started moving my physical body because it's the fastest way to gain progress. And when you gain progress in one area of your life, you chase the winning streak in other areas of your life. And self-development is being all you can be in all areas of your life. So the second thing was I started working out of my physical condition. And if you guys are not staying in a good physical condition, I can assure you after tracking thousands of entrepreneurs and training for years, the ones that are physically fit make so much more money than the ones that are not that you should go to the gym today if you saw the difference in the income. And I have, there's about 15 reasons why. The second thing is after you start moving your physical body, you should go through, if you have a lot of baggage and you're in a tough part like of life like I was, mm-hmm. go through a forgiveness episode. What I did was I forgave everybody that ever wronged me, everybody that ever stole from me. I just unconditionally forgave them. So I forgave everybody. And then mm-hmm. anybody that I felt regret that I ever did anything to, I reached out to all the way back to my childhood and asked for forgiveness and said, hey, look, you know, I immature. I didn't know what I was doing. I hope you could forgive me. I feel bad about it still today. And I just want you to know that, you know, I am sorry. And it's going to be big for them too. It's going to make, it's going to make their day uh, a good day. Now, the last thing is forgive yourself. So I unconditionally forgave myself for everything. I was like, look, I'm not perfect. And to, to hold baggage over my life is assuming that I am perfect or that I'm supposed to be perfect. Right. And that's impossible. And so I just completely went on and forgave everything. Last thing is I started over and I went down, I started thinking of things to be grateful for, because when you're lost in life and you're struggling, you're frustrated, it's because you're not thinking of the things that are positive in your life and the things that are are good to have and that you're grateful to have. You're only thinking of things that you don't have. And so by starting a gratitude exercise, it's shifting the frequency knob of from a radio station, which is all negative, like whatever, to a more positive radio station. And as you start thinking on things that you're grateful for, your brain starts moving to more things that you're grateful for. And some of you guys are like, I'm not grateful for anything. You have your legs, you have your arms, you have your life, you have, there's so many things you can be grateful for. Half the world lives on less than $4 a day. So I yeah. went through all those things and that kind of helped me clean the, you know, have muddy water to clear water. So I had a clear thought process. And then the second thing is aggressive self-development. I read hundreds of books in business, books on communication, books on mindset, books on personal development. And I just aggressively understood that if I put the right information through my mind, I'll become a different person over time. Just like if you put the wrong food through your body, you're going to show up as a different person in the next six months. So the way I look at my mindset and the way I think and the way I talk and people are like, well, how do you sound different than most people? Well, I, I put different things through my brain than most people, if that makes sense. Yeah. So if I put the right thing with my body. I'm going to show up in a good physical condition, wrong food, bad physical condition, same thing with mine. So go through your self-development and work on all that. And then you need to find a vehicle to get you to the, to where you're trying to go. The big mistake I made with how I went in debt was my vehicle was a very liability intensive business small, meaning it took money monthly for marketing expenses. So if you guys are newer in business, find a vehicle that is built off of time, meaning the business model that you're going to do 
is growing it through time strategies, not dollar strategies, because the last thing you want to do is go into debt right away like I did. So find something like a net marketing business, a social media affiliate marketing business, something that you can grow with your time, the sales business, sales, and, and, and build it with your time, not massive investments of dollars because it's going to save you. And then find some mentors, find people that are willing to help you and help them first. So don't just reach so out to a mentor good. and be like, hey, can you yep. just trade part of your life to me? So yep. the way that I got one of my first mentors was I drove on my birthday at like three in the morning, three hours in the snow. Sounds like one of those crazy stories like my parents. I walked to school in, my, in the snow. It was literally, I drove yeah. to him and I spent part of the day with him and he was interviewing me as well as I was in, you know, he, you know, he wants to see I'm serious. Mm-hmm. When he found out. So what happened was I had a conversation with him for half a day and it went good, but I'm still thinking, you know, he's having a lot of people reach up to him all the time and probably want to waste his time. Well, what happened was he looked into me, saw that I came out there on my birthday of all things. And he called me, he goes, did you really drive out here on your birthday? Mm-hmm. I was like, yeah, I'm, I am want to win, man. I'm like trying to, you know, I'm, don't like my life. I want to do better. When he's like, okay, that was the moment when he said, this is someone that, I'm, that is serious enough for me to take my risk to put my time into. So if you guys are trying to find a local mentor, their biggest risk is that you're going to quit on them and that yeah. everything they share with you is going to go to the to, to the nothingness. So your job to find a great mentor is to pour in and do something for them. I also ran his uh, REI club for a while and lead with value for a long time, offer to work for someone for free. Most people want to get paid a, a big salary. You guys, if you go find the right person, you work for them for free for a year, you will never work again with what you've learned from that person. But if you go try to if they say, I'm going to pay you 60K and you're like, can I get 65K? You're not understanding how you know to get to the next level. So find successful people, work for them for free, learn from them along the way and become friends with them. And they're going to introduce you to the next level of the world as far as the relationships and the friendships that you can find. And they will bring you to these next levels and introduce you to the right people. But if you're yeah. always trying to get something over and win and take, you're never going to get brought into those next levels of the uh, the relationship arena. So good, man. I love that. I love going on your birthday. It's just such a great example because no one would do that. As we kind of close out our time, one of the big things you do as you coach people through Wolfpack is talk about social media. I talk about social media till I'm blue in the face. So when someone else understands it and is passionate about it, really quick, realtors out there that are not using it, what opportunities are they missing by not putting themselves out there on social media? Yeah, I mean, you have to be on social media and it's, I would say maybe not just social media, but video marketing. The thing about social media is this, you need to understand how to grow a business. It takes three different things that we're going to invest and take a risk investing. We invest our money, we invest our time and we invest our emotions, right? Mm -hmm. And so the thing about social media is it's leveraged in comparison to traditional marketing strategies. So let's look at a time relationship on our time to create something as far as attention and how it relates for time being given back to us for the attention that we put into that time to create it. That makes sense. Mm-hmm. So I can take, let's say 15 minutes of my time to go on internet and research agents and look into their accounts and look at all of them and say, okay, which brokers they're at, what's, what, how, and reach out to agents and try to talk to them about coming and partnering with us. That would be a one-to-one time unit relationship, a proactive strategy. Whereas that's still social media, but through a video marketing, let's say on YouTube, Let's say I take that same 15 minutes and I film a video and I post that video on YouTube. My time relationship on the front side is 15 minutes to do both strategies, but the relationship of time traded back to me is not leveraged with the first one because I'm getting one person I'm talking to 
versus over here, I post a video, I could have thousands of people come across it and come back to me. Yeah. So that's the big one is the relationship of time leverage. Now, second thing is the ability to avoid the time wastage on the conversion side of business. So the way we grow our businesses is we either increase the lead generation side of things, bring in more leads, or increase the conversion rate on the leads that we've already brought in. And so YouTube, what it does is it puts you on camera. And whenever you have a microphone in front of you, whenever you're on a magazine cover or on a book cover on stage with a microphone or on camera, this creates what's called credibility. And credibility marketing means when you have more credibility than someone else, let's say I have a twin, they don't have YouTube, they don't have a social media website, they don't have websites at all, and I do, to the person that we're talking to, I'm going to seem more credible, if that makes sense. And so by being on camera on YouTube, you're going to increase the conversion rate on how many people want to work with you than other people that they can't find. And then the last thing is the rapport building side of business, especially in a business like ours, is a big part of it, right? Getting the no like and trust factor, getting people to want to work with you, sign a contract or partner, bring their business over as an agent to work with you. And so if they're watching you on the internet and they're investing the time ahead of you, learning who you are, knowing your story, learning your personality, they're building the relationship and you're going to the rapport building stage ahead of time while they're watching on social media or through video marketing. So when they contact you, you basically just try not to mess up getting the yep, business because yep. they contacted you. So you're avoiding the time constraint on the front side. You're having a higher conversion rate on the backside because the credibility position. And when people contact you, they've already unconsciously vetted you saying, because if they weren't going to potentially work with you, they would call someone else. So they've already gone through the agreements process in their head that, yes, I'd work with this person I'm calling, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. So the amount of calls that you take as compared to where you're trying to now turn the business into business versus, hey, the business is already here and just let's ink it up is dramatically different. So there's a lot more reasons, but for the way that you grow your business with the dollar and time avoidance, social media is going to be the fastest way to do this, the most scalable way to do this. And then the the highest form of conversion because you get the most communication process. And I'll end with this. You get the highest form of communication on video marketing. So there's three different ways we communicate. We communicate through the actual words or text that's actually being said. So the actual words, the tonality, the delivery, the motion behind the words that are being said, and then the body language that's delivering those words. So if you cannot get all three of these in agreements all together working the same, you're going to come across as shady or like a politician would. And if you're in sales or you're in team building or agent traction, Mm -hmm. you're not going to attract people. So let's say you say the right things, but your body language is off. They know that you're shady, right? So we need to say the right things in the right tonality and then also have the right body language. Now, if you're not on video and you're putting postcards out there, what are you losing? You have the text, but you're losing yeah. the delivery, the motion in the voice, the punchline, why an actor would get paid a bunch of money and someone gets no movie role mm-hmm. is how they deliver it with their emotion and their body language. And so that's the other thing is that video marketing gives you the ability to look someone in the eye. They can look you in the eye as compared to a phone call. So you have the body language communication, the emotion of the and, and the text. And so you're also going to have that many more leads convert to you because your communication process is more impactful when you're communicating to them. It's going to hit harder with them. Those are all some reasons that you guys should be doing. Yeah, I appreciate it. All right. Last questions here as we wrap up really quick. Tell us what's a piece of advice you would give agents and take us to a point where you struggled. Maybe that's when you lost money. Maybe that's, we, you know, you lost that 30K that you invested. I'd love to hear a piece of advice you would have given yourself at a point in time and, a, and then a piece of advice for agents. Yeah, right now, the advice I give you if you're agents is don't listen to the media, don't listen to the news, don't listen to the external pressure. And you yeah. need to understand that these people that you see on the media and these companies all around the world, 
They are monetizing your fear. And I run an organization that has agents in almost every single state, most countries that EXP operates in. And yeah, we're seeing a slowdown, but it's probably not as aggressive as what people probably think. Mm -hmm. I mean, we're still having houses in multiple markets that are going above asking, right? Now, what I would say is you're not going to see traditional junker properties fly off like we have in the past. You're going to actually have to do a good job. You're going to actually have to work again. You're going to have to work. (laughs) You're going to have to, you're going to have to run an open house. You're going to actually have to just not just create an MLS listing and let 20 offers come in. Right. Mm -hmm. So, but if you have a good house in a good area and it's a decent property, you're not going to have problems with this probably. I mean, some markets could get hit a little bit worse than others if it's a, it's a market where a lot of people are moving away from. So yeah. if you have a market where everybody's fleeing away from, you may want to think about moving if this is a, if you're serious about your career. Mm-hmm. But what I can tell you is that what we talked about before, if you get caught up in the belief system that all this stuff is happening around you, it's going to change your attitude towards the situation that we're in, which is going to change your actions and your actions are going to be in a more negative way than a positive way. And you're going to have a negative result for it. The people that understand this is a big opportunity are going to come out thriving from the back end. So that'd be my first thing is if you guys are right now getting caught up in the external stuff, just Mm -hmm. lock it out, focus on what you can do. And then for myself, I probably, it's a good question. I mean, there's obviously tons of things everybody would obviously do differently. But as far as like a big thing, one of the things I probably would have told myself to do is just enjoy the journey more and be patient. And understand, like now I can say it, that understanding that the benefit that you have when you become successful is not so much just the money, but it's the evolution of the person that you're becoming along the way. And I was very frustrated and I was angry a lot in the beginning of my businesses because a lot of things didn't go right because I didn't know what I was doing. And I would have basically, you know, looked back at that time and said, be patient and understand that what you're gaining right now is the benefit not the dollars is you are going through adversity right now through a very tough time, but it's polishing you to the person you can become that has the ability to build a bigger income in the future. And I think a lot of people get burned out and get frustrated along the journey because they're not seeing results and they can't see what's coming in the future and the uncertainty that it may not happen versus the certainty that it could happen. Most people have no certainty that it will happen, right? They're only telling themselves it will. So until you're successful along the way, you're always guessing have I put up too much money? Have I put up too much time? Have I put up too much effort? And it's always a guess in the future, right? So, you know, I'd start to play weird tricks on myself where I'd say like, okay, I'm putting X amount of dollars in. We're having X amount of agents. We're growing by this. Like we're never going to get this. And so you start to play mind tricks. So the first thing is every business I've ever built took more money, more time, more effort than I thought it would. Mm-hmm. But every single one that I did not stop trying to build, I built it. So the main thing is Work every day, all day, be aggressively patient, meaning work every day, but be patient to let it happen over time and understand that success does happen in whatever you're doing, no matter what, in my opinion, if you just keep doing it forever, unless you made just like a catastrophic mistake and you went massively, you know, like bankrupt or something, you're going to have time to get out of it. And even then you can't. But the thing about anything that has to do with a skill set that's built over time, whether it was online poker or building a YouTube channel or building a rental portfolio or building a successful brokerage or building a successful team or mm-hmm. selling houses. These are all skill sets that over a three to five year window, you can master even if you have none, none of the skill sets right now, but be patient along the way because why most people quit is in the first six or 12 months. And I used to want to get overwhelmed and I thought about quitting real estate a number of times. So I just want you guys to understand that I was there too mm-hmm. and I didn't and here I am now. And that's what most successful people tell you. They all wanted to quit. And they didn't. And a lot of people want to quit and they do, uh, if that makes sense. So, yeah. but what I can tell you is that every single business that I had at one point, I didn't think was going to make it. And I just 
said, I'm going to show up tomorrow and I'm going to do the best I can for that day. And that over time, my brain figured out how to make it work. So yeah, I'll kind of bounce around there, but that no, good stuff. the best way I want uh, to, but it probably came off. I think people got it, but ultimately yeah. understand guys that, the, that if you're going to quit something right now, in like the first six to 12 months, the way I tell agents and the way I tell people in business, because this is why people quit is they, they get frustrated and they're overwhelmed, but that's like quitting college as a freshman. Yeah, that's right. It's like, yeah. it's like, but it's worse because you're going to college to work for someone else. You're going to go to college for four to five years, mm-hmm. take out a bunch of debt to work for someone else to make their goals and dreams come true, doing something that you really didn't even actually want to do in the first place that your parents basically made when you go to college. Mm-hmm. But then when you say, this is for my life, my family, my future, my generational path, six months in, it overwhelms you and you're going to sit down. That's like dropping out your freshman year of college first semester, yeah. just so you guys understand. Give it time. Understand that your skill sets will come over time and you will get better over time, but you need time to become someone better. And don't be you know, thinking it hasn't happened yet, so it's not going to happen for you. I've seen many people that took three, five, seven years where they struggled and didn't have a breakthrough. And all of a sudden, they became massively successful because all the stars aligned. And then now they're super successful. And what do people say? Oh, they got lucky, right? Yes. So I want you guys to understand that nobody gets lucky. They have a background, a runway of four, three, four, five, six, seven years that when the plane's flying above them in the air, they say, oh, there's that lucky person. But they didn't see those sacrifices that they, that they had to go through. And the toughest thing you're going to have in, in your journey as a business owner or an entrepreneurship is the mental battle that you have on a daily basis when things aren't going well. And so that's the most important thing to work on is your mindset and your self-development, because if you can't get through tough times, you're never going to get to the party at the end when you have all the results. Yeah. I love it, man. Thank you so much for your time. So people are going to absolutely love this interview. I think I took 27 pages of notes. Um, (laughs) Tell us where people can connect with you, find you, see what you're doing. Yeah. I mean, so like I built a channel called Investor Army. Um, That was my first channel that kind of took off. So if you're interested in doing single family residential, all the exit strategies, marketing, you know, lead generation, things over there, I kind of took a hiatus from it for like six or seven months and I'm about ramping it back up. So we got a new website. They'll be up next week. Awesome. And I launched a new channel. That's just my personal brand. This is on overall entrepreneurship. So you can just go, my name, Connor Steinbrook. I'm doing this channel in a unique way where I'm starting it from where I was $100,000 in debt living at home with my parents because I know there's a lot of people struggling right now, resetting and starting over in life. And I'm doing it from the exact first thing that I did and the next thing I did in a sequential order, those videos on the skill sets in order to learn, the books that I read, the mentors that I learned from and things like that. And so on that channel, it's going to be on overall how to start and scale large business, lead generation, communication, mindset, you know, recruiting, like everything all in between. And then the last thing is uh, I'm going to be posting a lot of stuff going forward on my Instagram. I didn't do a lot with Instagram, but I'm now moving more towards short form content as the consumer behavior is moving more towards short form content. So I'm going to be putting a lot of stuff that I don't share on my YouTube videos, things about my private life and stuff like that on my Instagram. And it's just Connor underscore Steinberg. But other than that, I got nothing to sell you. Uh, (laughs) I just go follow me and uh, that'd be cool. Dude, thank you so much. I know this is going to be helpful. I talk to agents every week that are struggling and I know your story will be super helpful to them. So thank you so much for your time and have an awesome rest of your day. Awesome. Thanks, man. Loved it. Had a good time and uh, hopefully you guys learned something. Thank you. Guys, holy cow. I hope you enjoyed that interview with Connor Steinberg as much as I enjoyed spending time with him. 
His story is absolutely amazing, and I'm sure you were inspired. I, I love these connections and these interviews because when I got on our initial call to talk about having him on the show, I had no idea, right, that he had been in the online poker world, had a lot of success, kind of lost it all. But I think those kind of rags to riches stories really work. And, and you know, normally I kind of will tell my guests like, hey, we're going to cut the interview short. But Connor had so much good stuff to share that I'm like, you know what, if this is an hour long or whatever it is, it is what it is. And I'm going to let it roll. But, you know, I got so much out of my time with Connor, and I hope you guys did as well. I think the biggest thing is, you know, his story, you know, after it all fell apart, right, he's home with his parents, right? And he basically watched YouTube videos to learn how to do things. And so I think that alone is a huge lesson in like, you know, we can sit and wallow when like stuff doesn't go well, or we can do something about it. You know, he decided he was going to go learn all about all the things to, you know, SEO and how to grow a business. And then he did it. I, I think one of the biggest things I really took away from Connor and, and everything he's built is, right, we have so many thoughts. And he said this, we have a thousand thoughts, right? So are we going to let them be positive, you know, life going forward or negative holding me back? Um, you know, and I think even the story of like, oh, you know, I was mad when I was going fishing. But then I, I, I realized it was an opportunity to catch a bigger fish. I think there's so many times where we could have been in a car accident or we could have been, you know, in this situation or that situation. Um, and I think it's so interesting to, you know, try not to think the negative and think about everything in a positive light. Even, you know, I was so surprised when he said, oh, even, you know, people that had kind of screwed him over. Right. He just forgave them, had to, you know, work with God to forgive them, which I think is huge and then move forward. I love how he talked about you know, getting in the gym, the business gym, right? And and figure out your problems. I love how he said, it's always our fault, right? Any type of problem. Because, and I just recorded an episode about this, like how, you know, maybe you're the problem, right? And And I think so often as realtors, we can say, oh no, it's somebody else's fault, my broker's fault, my team leader's fault, whatever. And so I love how he said, you know, stop looking for someone to blame. You will never succeed. Take control, um, and stop blaming others. Stop living in the past. And so I think that was really, really cool. Um, even, even what he's done with his agent attraction and the Wolfpack with EXP, like he's an amazing leader, right? And he's learned all about right proximity and being around people doing really cool stuff. And you know, he even said in the episode, right, he had to understand what he wanted, where he was going. And he knew, like, if if he got where he wanted to go, he did the work. If he didn't, it was his fault. You know, I I love all of this. You know, and he he's an absolute expert at leading people and the real estate industry. And just even him talking about right time and money and time and relationships and leveraging conversations. Right, it's all about in our real estate business. Like he said, it's all about building rapport with people. Right, creating relationships where people know like and trust you, right? And now he's done that, you know, him and Mike Sherrard do a great job of that through video. So I, I love the advice kind of closing out the advice to agents was so big, stop blaming the media, you know, they sell fear, stop believing that. And I think that's so good, right? We watch the news, oh, this interest rate, this interest rate, you know, and try to scare you. Let's turn off the TV and go focus on our business. And I really loved as he kind of closed out. He flipped it on me. He answered them backwards, and I was that was awesome. You know, but the advice to himself, be patient, give it time, enjoy the journey, 
And I think that's big for realtors, right? I've been thinking about an episode talking about like the three-year journey in business, right? The first year is really a lot of pain. The second year growth and the third year is like when you start to actually build and see the success and enjoy it. So in the same way, right, you got to enjoy the journey. You got to be patient and you got to give it time. So guys, make sure you check him out. I'll make sure all the links are in the show notes. Connor, thank you so much. You're absolutely amazing. And it was such an honor to have you on the podcast. So I hope you guys enjoyed it and I'll see you guys on our next episode. Thanks for listening to the Real Estate Survival Guide. If you enjoyed this episode, we would appreciate it if you'd leave us a review on iTunes. It helps others discover the show. Thank you so much. And we will see you on the next episode.